Welcome to the 200th-ish episode of ARG Presents. I'm your good friend, your good buddy, your well-seasoned host, Amigo Aaron. Joined by a man who, much like the games in today's show, I would refer to as a psycho shooter. Give it up for the Brit. Aaron, the only way you're well-seasoned is if someone threw salt on you. That's true. That's sadly it's happened, unfortunately. <laughs> Listen, they used to happen all the time in wrestling. You blind your opponent with a big wad of salt. How's uh, it going, the Brent? I, I'm doing well. For those wondering, the 200th special episode is going to be airing next week. Uh, we had to go ahead and get this one out of the way. So we are we are doing. <laughs> what a great way to build this one. <laughs> We gotta scoot this one aside. Yeah, you, you gotta idiot. suffer through this one until you get the good stuff. Sorry, that's just the way it works. So, Aaron, what are we looking at this week? You know, last week, the Brent, uh, we spun the wheel. We made the puzzling deal. It was puzzling to me because I thought this was a handheld. I was wrong, of course, as usual. Uh, our good friend, uh, the Roosh, Rooshy, uh, requested this pie piece, and lo, it came to pass. We'll be looking at, bam, the Psycho SH2 Arcade Board, Brent. Yes. Arcade Board. Let's have a look at this thing. There you go. Now, listen, we've been around the block a few times, the Brent. Yes. Uh, with the old arcade boards. Uh, but And I've heard of this outfit once I thought about it, because I've seen them listed in categories. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, They're also, super you, well-known yeah, but you didn't know who they were last week. When you oh, know. no. No, no, no. I didn't know them by name, but I, I know their, their work. Right. So uh, what can you tell us? Do you know anything about Psycho uh, of any interest? Uh, they are world-renowned for their incredible shooters. Uh-huh. It's something that they've they've uh, done for years. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not good at these. Uh, <laughs> and so I... I didn't. I didn't get a. Uh, I didn't know a lot of the stuff they did, but I have heard of a lot of the stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go over a couple of the titles that they that they were involved in. Uh, they, of course, they did the uh, Strikers, nineteen forty five series, which was a uh, sort of a World War Two uh, shoot 'em up type of a deal. A lot of these were shoot 'em ups. I should mention they're very well known for their their hot top, hot gimmick series, which is a great name. But it's a, a it's a sort of a sexy my jog, I believe is what it is. Uh, and <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> listen, I like the idea of having the hot gimmick. That's pretty cool. That I, I, I've never heard it quite used like that. They're also known for their gunbird shooters. That's another series. Yes. Gun, the gunbirds. Now, I had played a couple of these. One thing I can tell you is, from my experience, is that these games are hard. They're real hard, man. Absolutely. And they're Japanese hard. And so they're not the best for me. Now, do you have a favorite amongst their uh, amongst the things you've played from them? Uh, their 1945 stuff's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, uh, my shooter days are long behind me. What, you I actually just, get to a point in your age where you can no longer play them? Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, yeah. Bullet, bullet Hell Shooters, uh, which, I, I mean... I don't know. I don't know if you consider 1945 a, a bullet hell series. I consider but, all of them that. Yeah, <laughs> every shooter but, I've ever played. But uh, uh, you know, once your reaction time starts going, you can't quite tap the buttons as fast as you used to. Uh, the games become far more difficult, and I gave up shooters probably. Oh gosh, ten years ago. Yeah. I, I just don't enjoy them the way I used to. What, it's kind of ironic, a system known, not to give away what we picked, but a system known for its incredible shooters. We didn't pick a shooter, not a single one. Yeah, well, and I thought about <laughs> it. I'll get into that. Uh, let's talk about the company, Psycho. It's a P-S-I-K-Y-O, spelled cool guy style, Brent. That's it. Uh, uh, you know, it's Or funny. probably I, Japanese style. I was surprised that I couldn't find tons and tons of information about these guys, but I did find a little bit, so... According to, uh, uh, it was Moby, I found this on. They were founded in 92, and they went uh, they w- went out in a weird way in 2005. They were in uh, Kyoto, Japan, and the key guy uh, running the joint, the CEO, uh, Shinsuke uh, Nakamura, uh, and uh, they were a company that were sort of ahead of the game. Uh, they were formed by a guy who worked at the video systems uh, outfit who worked on the Arrow Fighter series. Now, we actually did own 
an Aero Fighters. I did. I owned yeah. an Aero Fighters cabinet, uh, which I believe we turned into a, a, a vertical meme, and now it's sitting at Evil Matt's house as we speak. That <laughs> cabinet. In fact, I think uh, I think we sold uh, Aero Fighters. I believe it might have been Aero Fighters two that we had, Brad. It was what it was either one or two. Yeah, it was one of the you two. can see how Aero Fighters uh, would have fit right alongside the rest of the Psycho catalog. Uh, Psycho was acquired by X Knots in 2002, uh, and in 2003 it was reported they were shutting down. And then, but X Knots said, "No, that's not true. Uh, we're going to keep them going, man." <laughs> and so they kept releasing uh, games on the Psycho label, but they were not done by the same team that worked Psycho. This is all right uh, according to the web. You can take this with a grain of salt. And so. Uh, long story short, they're no longer with us. But the, as these things go, and this is something I did learn this week, the Brent, and you may may not know this. You know, um, the Switch and modern uh, consoles have given a second life to a lot of these old Japanese shooters, and it turns out the Psycho uh, shooters are very, very, very well respected. Uh, which, oh, absolutely, uh, and, yeah, and, and so much. I mean, by a modern audience. And so this has been uh, the uh, some of the games we're going to be talking about, and some of the games that we've been seeing and mentioning are actually available to uh, purchase on like Steam or in or yes. in like one of the many uh, st- on, like uh, on, in the many uh, uh, stores for the uh, Xbox or the PlayStation. Yeah, the Switch. virtual download store. So yeah. it's kind of neat. And I, I read a, a whole bunch of people talking about these guys, talking about how great their stuff is. It does uh, make one wonder. You know, where were these? I guess they just weren't born yet. So they were way ahead of their time. Now, the board we're looking at today in particular, the Psycho SH2 board, <clears throat> Brent, it's funny how little I could find on this. I had a heck of a time finding anything on it. Yeah, there wasn't much. So this is not like a CPS sort of a deal. This is more of a board set that with a ROM swap, as far as I could tell. So I don't think there's a, I don't think it's a multiple board set. Like we're used to, I think this is just a board that they just had put different games in. Yeah, uh, it was a jam- and not like Neo Geo style. This was actually no. chip swaps. Yeah, this this is a JAMA board. I saw a lot of collectors uh, talking about these things. They they could get quite expensive, uh, and so it's a JAMA board. It ran at twenty eight point six megahertz. The sound in it was a Yamaha uh, uh, FM twenty seven eight B. Uh, and, and they had uh, a decent amount of games on here. I'm looking. Uh, so here's the known game list. I'm just going to run through it real quick. It's not a ton. Uh, there's a game called The Fallen Angels, which I'll talk about that later, too. Uh, Dragon Blaze, Gun Barak, uh, Gunbird 2, Load Run of the Dig Fight, Mejong G-Taste, Quiz the Idol, Hot Debut, Soul Divide, Space Bomber, Strikers 1945 2 and 3, and Tizon Hot Gimmick, Tizon Hot Gimmick 3, 4, Tizon Hot Gimmick Integral, and Tizon Hot Gimmick uh, Karakukin. And then lastly, the uh, Tetris the Absolute, the Grandmasters 2, and Tetris the Absolute, the Grandmasters 2 Plus. A couple Tetris games in there. Now, one of the things... <laughs> they I- very, very much, uh, uh, this set of people, they did a lot of we're going to make the game and then we're going to upgrade the game. And, and I'll get into that a little bit with my game. Yeah. But uh, even from that list, you heard a lot of sequels. You heard a lot of uh, uh, games that sound like they were just slight upgrades. That was something mm-hmm. this board had a lot of. Yeah. I want to mention, and it's funny. I was re I was doing some research and I'll, again, this is something I'll get into more in my game. But one of the things psycho did was they, they had a cast of characters, believe it. And keep in mind that a lot of their games were shooters. They had a cast of characters that would reappear in a lot of their games. In fact, that their cast of characters would even appear in other companies' games. Yeah. Uh, there's a game for the Dreamcast. I think it's a hot topic. Hot topic. Hot gimmick. Pardon me. I don't <laughs> want to get sued. It's a hot gimmick game. That and it's got uh, the chick that's in my game, who's also in the Gunbird games. Like she was like one of their well-traveled chicks that would get around to all these games. So I do think that's kind of cool. And the fact that she they were in there with a bunch of Street Fighter guys, yeah. it shows you that they're at least at least somewhere in Japan. I can only assume that they cornered the market on 
sexy Mahjong. And Capcom was like, hey, we get the Street Fighters in that. You know, but we don't have to make the game. We just got to put it there. So I don't know. Yeah, license them out. Yeah. I don't want to know what, uh, for example, uh, um, uh, Dawson or Ehonda are doing in the sexy game. Uh, but, uh, and, I, you know, and I don't know how to play Mahjong. Do you? You don't know how to play either, do you? you play At one time, I had I had a a basic understanding, but I haven't messed with it for so long. I I, I couldn't jump back into it. You know, I'm looking I'm looking at the list of all the stuff these guys did. They did a lot of uh, console stuff. They worked on the uh, PlayStation's, your Saturns, a uh, PS2, the Dreamcast. By the way, if you're interested, uh, the game I was talking about is Tazon Net Gimmick. Capcom and Psycho All Stars Mahjong on the on the Dreamcast. So good luck putting that on the front cover. By the way, <laughs> it's a lot to it's a lot to go through. But as I look over the list of all the games that they were involved in here, really the ones that stand out are the Striker series, uh, the Zero Gunner, the Gunbirds, uh, and that's those are the ones that I, I recall. And those Tetris games, I do recall those because I did play some of those. So. A game, uh, like I said, a, a company I wasn't super familiar with, and they did a bunch of games that I'm not super familiar with, but I guess we know more than we did, the brand. That's so it. We're, we're working <laughs> on it. So with all that said, uh, it was our duty to uh, re- pick a couple games out of that little list I read off. I guess I'll lead the, I'll lead the charge this week, Brent, as I try to pronounce my game repeatedly. Now, the original game that I chose was a game that was called... Uh, uh, Daraku Tensi, The Fallen Angels. This was the only fighting game that I could find amongst all these other games. And I thought, and it looked, and I will admit this, it looked like, uh, uh, it looked depressing, if I'm honest. I mean, I, I looked at the video for it, I'm like, this looks like, this doesn't look that good. I mean, it looked, the graphics were okay, it just looks dark, and the characters just looked lame, and the fighting looked like garbage. I was like, man, I guess I'll pick this. And then Brent was like, don't pick that. I can't play that. I'm like, okay. So I went back to the drawing board to pick another game that he could play. And I found Well, one. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I'm pretty sure that also that game wasn't actually released, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was released. Okay. Because I, I saw people talk. So get this before we get into it. I saw a bunch of collectors talking about Psycho's games. And they would get these weird boards that had the, all the etching on the chips, like, scraped off and stuff written in pen and stuff. And so after just going down the rabbit hole, it turns out that what was happening was Psycho at the factory there, if they had a game that didn't sell that good, they'd bring it back in and they would literally scrape off all the markings and stuff and just put new games in there and ship it back out. They'd rewire stuff, you know, to make it work. So I guess they were trying to... Chip crisis, man. It's it's happening it was, forever. This was, the, <laughs> this was in the 90s, you idiot. There was a chip well, there's, crisis. Yeah, there was chip crisis no, this was cheap. This is, a, this is my kind of company. They were cutting costs, brother. You get some geek to go over there with a with a razor blade. You file that stuff down. That's the way you do it. That anyway, can't be deeper. So uh, I didn't play uh, the Fallen Angels. I went ahead and played a game that I never heard of, but I, that's what I wanted to do. And so the game I picked was called Gun Barich. Gun Barich. I think that's the that's way what you we're going it. with, huh? Well, what, how would you say it? I wouldn't. I'd say you wouldn't. Gun even, B. You wouldn't say anything about it at all. That's no, Gun B. Okay, fair enough. So Gun Barich. Again, uh, developed and published by Psycho, released in two thousand one. One brother. Sorry, and I've got the, I've got the, I've got the gun bar itch. It Looks like you got fleas. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, this is a, uh, uh, this is sort of a uh, Arkanoid clone, on, like a real wacky one. So get this: the first thing I tried to find out was on the old gun bar itch. Okay, like how do you control this? Okay, because think about an Arkanoid game. Okay, we'll get to the particulars, but I want to talk about the cabinet. Okay. So, how would you control an Arkanoid game in the arcade? Spinner, right? Almost always a spinner. It all. What are you shaking your head okay, for? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, well, why would you shake your head? Clearly, it, the spinners were used to control Arkanoid. Man, so anyway, when don't have you played a spinner? People. When have you played a spinner game in the nineties? Listen. Okay, I'm done with you. Anyway, Gun Barracks, apparently these uh, uh, these uh, Psycho SW, SH2 boards were made and to run in these candy cabs. They are they are uh, yeah. JAMA board. JAMA is a Japanese arcade manufacturer standard for arcade boards. So you can use the same type of board, all different sorts of, of uh, games. 
So anyway, I noticed when I was playing Gung Barich, I'm like, hey, this control is pretty good with the with the joystick when so few of these sorts of games do. And so I looked it up, and in fact, uh, this game, strangely released, and its control method was an eight-way joystick. Yeah. Now, you'd probably ask yourself, why would you need an eight-way joystick for this game? Because you only go back and forth. Well, that's because you don't need one, but that's what was in the cabinets, because these cabinets are sort of all generic, right? Yep. Uh, good luck finding anything, cabinet art, marquees, because they didn't have any of that stuff. That's what... <laughs> I had a heck of a time finding any sort of cabinet that was running this, but I did find a couple. Um, again, this was released in 2001. Uh, this has gotten ported over to uh, the Nintendo Switch. There's a Windows port. as a Steam version as well, so if you wanted to play this, you could. And apparently, it has um, it has drawn some attention here recently because of, of, of the fun factor in it. So, this is what I would call a cute... A Japanese, almost like, I don't want to say cheap, but a cutish uh, game that's based on the Arkanoid uh, gameplay element. In this game, the story at least, the two main characters are Marion, a witch girl. She's a witch girl! Uh, yeah. That appears in many other Psycho games, as I mentioned. And Gruden, a pirate kid. Those are the two main characters you get to pick from. All right, They both have stats, okay? So, uh, Marion, the little the little witch, has a power of one, speed of two, and magic of three. And uh, Gruton, the pirate boy, has a power of three, a speed of one, and a magic of two. Now, what's that mean? Well, I'll very explain. little. No, it don't. Mean, <laughs> no, that's not true. It means it means a lot. So, you know, when you play, when you're sitting down and you're playing some of your old uh, Arkanoid, the old Revenge of Doe, and you you get the ball up into the stuff, and stuff falls down, it makes you have lasers, make your gimmick larger, the whole nine yards. Well, this is a similar system where uh, you knock the ball up into the blocks and you occasionally magical spells will fall down that will in- increase the size or the abilities of your of, of the thing you're using to bat the ball around. Now, <clears throat> since the uh, Marion has a greater magic rating, uh, she will get more access to these than Gruton will. Also, the speed... Obviously, means she can move the uh, the platform back and forth quicker than Gruden, very but, slightly quicker. Right, Gruden on the other hand has more power when he hits the ball up into the air uh, versus what she's got, and that does affect how the ball hits the blocks, and more importantly, in this case, how your boss battles are affected because you get that more power. So you pick your character. By the way, you always pick the chick, brother. That's yeah. the way I do it. Yeah, she's Mary. the better character. Yeah. And then, well, I don't know. I'll, we'll get into that. Okay. And then the game starts. So this game is set in stages. Uh, and it'll be like three, one, 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 two, one, three, one, four, and you, and then so forth. Uh, and as you go through the game, you the first thing you're going to notice is that the you're not you don't have a paddle like you do in uh, Arkanoid or so many games, Pong, uh, Breakout. What you've got is a pair of like pinball flippers at the bottom of the screen. Okay. Now. The, when you hit the button, the pinball flippers flip. Now you don't have to hit the button to get them to. Fl- or you don't have to hit the button to make the ball hit them and go anywhere. You know, if the if you don't hit the button, the ball just hits your uh, your flippers and just goes up in the air anyway. But if you hit the button and you flip the ball, you can. Uh, it'll hit the ball will go up a lot harder. Okay, so now here's a key element to this game. Think Arkanoid. I mean, because let's face it, these Arkanoid games are mostly the same, and this one doesn't deviate too far from the from the program. But there are a few key uh, points that are way different. For one, one of the magical spells you'll get is where you get like a ton of balls at once on the screen. Okay, in Arkanoid, for example, as long as you keep one of them balls going, you're golden. In this game, you're not golden. You've yep. got a ball that's like a certain color, pink. If you don't hit the pink ball. You're screwed. You lose. Right? Yep. You always have to keep your ball in play, right? The rest of the balls just come and go. Now, uh, so that's one a key element. Second key element to this is using the flippers. If you tag the ball as hard as you can and hit it, it's going to go flying. But if you hit it at something that hits a target that's relatively close to you, it's going to come flying back at you quicker than it would if you hadn't hit the flippers. And so you can hose yourself real <laughs> easily. By hitting the flippers every time. You kind of want to hold off on hitting the flippers until you got a real clear shot. 
or you've cleared out most of the bottom elements of the play field. Because if you don't, you'll you'll go out real quick. I mean, it's the same basic uh, deal as Arkanoid. You're in sort of a, a cylindrical chamber. That's not true. A rectangular chamber, <laughs> and you're it's not cylindrical. And you're and the all there's stuff there's shapes at the top of the screen that are blocks. But also you're going to see other stuff. There's creatures running around, and they do spice things up as the game goes on. One of the early things you do after you get off the first set of uh, first wave of uh, levels is you'll have creatures that come out, and the creatures have the ability to shoot back at you, and they shoot these orange bullets or cloud, small clouds. And if you get hit by these, it doesn't kill you. It paralyzes you for a few minutes, and you have to you have to go crazy eight bonkers with on the joystick and buttons to get yourself freed from being par- paralyzed. Now the good thing is you can actually shoot these back at the opponent. The little orange cloud balls, yeah. and and do damage with those. So that that was an interesting element. Another element that's introduced, I think, when you get to the third wave, is you'll hit, is you'll come across guys that you'll shoot, and they'll catch your ball and teleport to somewhere else on the screen and shoot it back at you. Yeah. So you've got to run around like an idiot. I managed to get to about three, four. I think I got to the the, the third boss uh, on this, so I did pretty well. Uh, I should say this does have boss battles. I think the boss battles are, they're nothing spectacular. I mean, they're okay. It's good to have them. You'll fight, you know, the usual weird Japanese cutesy stuff. Uh, there's a, uh, the one that comes to mind we just saw was a, te- was a teddy bear with that has a Santa hat on and gifts rotating around it. But there's also a guy that has these, there's a guy that comes out that has all these hands that and spins around the circle. That's the guy that got me, by the way. I don't know if yeah. you saw him, the Brent. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> this does have a continue feature, so if you and I, which I tried not to use, but if you want to sp- put more money in, you can just keep right on trucking. Uh, it's t- you know the typical sort of game there. It's a very colorful game. I mean, it looks pretty. Uh, there's a lot going on in the background, so much so that sometimes that can be distracting. I noticed with the witch girl that you can actually. She gets so much magic that you can't tell what's happening. So you're grabbing yeah. stuff, and you've got no idea what you're getting. Now, I should mention this while I'm here, that there are six different items you can pick up uh, that, that will affect the way the game goes. These are the these are the magical items that drop down from the ceiling. So the or the red one has an H on it. It says hyper. Uh, that's this is a uh, this is a power up basically. If you get one called Wide, which is blue, has a W in it, and guess what? The flippers become bigger, and they also give you extra power because they're bigger flippers. If you get the one that's green that has an M in it, uh, this splits the packs into multiple blue packs. It's hard to explain this. You have to kind of see it. Then you've got a Speed Down, which is S. Uh, You can also get an Extra extra Man, which is a 1-Up. And then there's something, I never saw this one, called the Great Magic. And it's it's pink with a question mark in it, and all the docs say on it is when you get this, something incredible happens. Did you ever yeah, get I never that, saw one? that one? Yeah, either. I didn't see it either. Um, the sound on this is great. I thought the music was real catchy. I mean, it's uh, one thing that you'll see when you load this up. This wasn't programmed by a bunch of hacks. Okay, these are these are people that are experts in their field of graphics, displaying graphics, color. Uh, presenting the a palette in a pleasing way, presenting the music in a pleasing way. I mean, every part of this uh, was very classy, very well done, very polished. Now, with that said, would I rather play this than like uh, any of a number Arkanoid clones? The answer is no, I would not. Uh, I think the pinball thing was okay. It, I didn't think it was a huge deal. And, but I just don't like the way the screen is set up. There's a lot going on. I don't like the enemies, if, if I'm honest. I don't like. I don't like uh, the. They're, that it's a very difficult game. I mean, the enemies are always shooting those paralyzation things down, and it gets real tough. And there's nothing less fun than trying to sit there and play this hard game when you can't move, which is very annoying. It happens all the time. I was letting balls pass left and right. Also, this may stun you, but a joystick is not the preferred method for playing a game like this. Now, I could have hooked this up to my mouse if I wanted to, but that's not the way you played it in the arcade. That's why I checked. I wanted to try to simulate the experience in the arcade. 
Now this and this game falls into the category of a game of convenience when you're trying to play the hand you're dealt in the arcade, but you're also trying to have a game that doesn't necessarily fit into the criteria that you've set for yourself with a joystick instead of a spinner or even a, a trackball to some degree would have helped. And I can't imagine getting very far in a game like this with a joystick controller. Uh, Brent, what did you think of this one? Have you had you played this before, and what are your thoughts? I had not played this before, and as you know, and I'm sure most people know, I've, I've certainly not kept it a secret. I hate Arkanoid games. I hate breakout type games. Um, <clears throat> and thankfully, this is not an Arkanoid type game. Do you go up and hit bricks and uh, uh, you know try to clear the stage? Yes. But here's the major difference. You have tremendous ball control. When you, I can't believe, either you didn't realize this, or you, or you, I don't know why you'd ever fail to mention this. Right. When you hit the ball with the flippers, you can control, you control the spin of the ball and can shift it left or right, depending on how long you hold the joystick. So I'm talking about if you are, if you have a bit of a clear space at the bottom and you hit the flipper and hold left really hard, you can 90-degree turn the ball. That's how much control you have, which makes these games fun. Also, the game is not about clearing the bricks. Yes, that's the objective. I was going to say, want to bet? <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Every board has a one-minute timer. One minute. If you don't clear the board in one minute, you fail. And the reason why that's not an issue, and you didn't even mention it, yeah, I never had that happen once. And the reason why is you have such good ball control and the stages are designed in a way that you are not on a stage longer than a minute. Sometimes you'll collect time power-ups uh, uh, to give you extended time, but who cares? You don't really need it. The thing that makes this game fun is you feel like you have control. Yes, it's chaotic. There's a lot of things going on. This is by far... My absolute new favorite Arkanoid type game. I I never there was never a time when I was like, man, I need one more brick. I can't get the stupid ball to go where I want it. Just go over there, hit the brick. This is stupid. I never felt that way, and it's the first time ever in an Arkanoid game that I didn't feel that way. You had power up control than I did. I mean, yes, you could bend you could bend the old ball to do what you want. But it, generally, I was dodging stuff and moving around so much that I didn't have a whole lot of time to no, play my shot. No, 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 no. You're wrong. You're wrong. What wrong. Mean wrong. I'm wrong. I'm me. I did what I did. Well, being you is wrong but, because you boy, have you such kidding. good ball control. I mean, th yes, there are definitely times when things are so chaotic that you're just flipping it up to get yeah uh, from point time. A to point B. But it is not most of the time. You can control the ball without any power-ups. It's not it's just something built into the game. I understand and because that. of that, because of that, you could always stay control in control of the situation. Yes, there are some bosses that will throw down a bunch of those uh shock orbs, but you hit them right back. It's like an extra ball. The only thing that sucks is when they would go past you. They explode, and if you run into the little smoke cloud they, they leave, uh, it will stun you. <clears throat> but the game, it, it, it's... <sighs> this is so hard to explain. I hated that you that you compared this to Arkanoid. I know you had to because it was a breakout. Oh, I was going to say, are you kidding me? But it's not. It really isn't. Because you have such ball control, it's, not, it's more about controlling the situation than it is getting the bricks. Hitting the bricks is never a challenge. It's never a, a difficult thing in the game because you have such amazing control. Something else to mention with the power-ups. The H power-up, which is the red power-up, is yeah. awesome because when you hit the ball, it will power through bricks. Yeah. If you've got a lot of like four or five bricks on a row, what that sucks in Arkanoid because you're just sitting there pinging them up and down, up and down, up and down, and it gets so boring. But when you've got the H power up, it just, bam, pushes all the way through it. You destroy all the bricks at one time. You're swerving and spinning the ball to go left and right. The bosses are fun. They're, the bosses in Arkanoid are always crap. 
because you're just throwing the ball up there, throwing the ball up there. You're not doing anything. Man, on, in this game, you're taking the projectiles. You're throwing them back at the guys. It's tremendously fun. This game really blew my mind at how entertaining and enjoyable it was when I loaded it up and it was like, oh, gosh, it's going to be another one of these. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It was so much fun. The colors are are popping on this. They do it pop. Is, and uh, the sound. Uh, the sound is it, real good. The sound's pretty good. I, I, I appreciated the graphics more than I appreciated the sound. Uh, when there is one brick left, right? Uh, and there are non-destroyable bricks in the game. Yeah. So it can... I mean, it's not confusing, but I guess it could be confusing. It points out the last one. It like has a big uh, flash. It says this is the last one. It's it's what it says on it. So yeah, everything I hate about Arkanoid games is solved in this one title. I cannot believe the stick being the control. Perfect. No, I agree with you. In most games like this, you would want a spinner or something. Yeah, this you couldn't use a spinner. Because you want to have that extra control with the joystick. You could use a spinner. You could use a spinner. No. No, it's not yes, designed for that. You could use a spinner. I would rather use a spinner. Listen, I appreciate that you got into this. That's cool. I don't think it's garbage. But I didn't use the controlling of the ball as much as you did, clearly. Oh, my gosh. Was that's the whole muck. game. I was running amok. There was so much going on that uh, I didn't have a whole lot of time. I mean, yes, it is convenient when you're looking to get the inside. But I like. I kind of like the Arkanoid. You know, it's a, it's a, it, maybe it's a generation thing. I like this kind of the slow gameplay in Arkanoid. This was too a little bit too uh, pressure cooker uh, for me. I wasn't used to it, and uh, uh, if I'm honest. And also, really, when they brought out those stun balls, that really t- made it too hard for me. It may just be the just ability. Hit them back. Well, yeah, they, they're all over the map, and you run into them. It may just be a, that you are a, more able at this game than I was, and you enjoyed it more. But hey. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm not saying it's a crap game. I think it's a decent game. It's just if this I was going to pick one, this is not the Arkham clone I would play, but it's still pretty I, good. This is, this. oh my gosh, this is so so superior to Arkanoid, it's unbelievable. Well, I said Arkanoid clone. There are pl- there's a million Arkanoid clones out there. There are. Um, uh, the uh, difference between the characters are are very minor. Uh, well, the, no, the girl, I don't agree with that. The, pirate, the girl gets a lot of power-ups. But the the yeah. extra power for the guy, uh, for the bosses, eh, it's not that important. Well, at least not for the bosses I fought. For me, you were getting so much. There was so much stuff with the witch girl. The guy doesn't get as much, and so because sometimes you'll pick up stuff you don't necessarily want or understand, and you wonder what's happening. Like I would like to have the bigger flippers. I didn't want the other thing, but you got it. Now it happens in Arkanoid, but this is a lot worse. With the witch girl, and I noticed that the boy he didn't get nearly as much. He's not nearly as many, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Uh, one last thing I want to add in here. Uh, I I, I'm guessing it's a power up, and it might be the one we never thought we got. Uh, but there's a power up where your little mascot or your little teammate, uh, the girls is a bunny. I can't. I think the guys is like a parrot. Yeah. Uh, there's a power up that will appear and show you where the ball is going to leave the screen. Uh, that was a very confusing power-up for me for the longest time because it always appears right above where your flippers are, and I thought I was trying to hit it. But it, what it was trying to tell you is where the ball is going to leave so you can line up better. Uh, so it's if anyone's out there confused that. about that, that, that's what that is. You know, I couldn't find uh, how many... I'm not 100% sure how many levels this has. I mean, it's got tons. It's yeah. got it's got at least I'd say at least forty, um, and it's it's one two boss one two yeah. boss that so everything is so snappy it's so fast it's so smooth it's t- I don't like it that God, I, I love it too much for me well, I'm I'm surprised given your history. Um, two things I want to mention before we take this to the house again I mentioned you're a witch or a pirate you're going through this to as a witch anyway to go to like learn how to cast spells to be a, Get a better school. wizard that's the gimmick. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, you know, the cute little girl in this Marion, something else that Psycho had a habit of doing. And of course, this happens when you've got sexy, sexy Mahjong games to make. It's like all the characters, all the girl characters in all their games, no matter how cute, how how many teddy bears they're holding or how young they look, they're all going to appear nude 
in many of the uh, hot topic games and <laughs> hot and it's sort of hot gimmick games. Those games work a little blue. Uh, chances are, no Americans will never see that. But it strikes me as odd that the little witch girl gets gets uh, goes uh, nasty in some of these other games. Uh, hey, I, that's a cultural thing. Well, I suppose so. I looked this up on eBay, Brent. Okay. Yep. Now again, you're talking, and I had trouble. All these ads were from Japan, so some of these said board, and some said board with instrument. Okay, I don't know what that means. I'm sure it's a translation thing. Right. The, the boards, the Japanese PCB uh, for this game was going for. They were asking eight hundred and sixty-seven dollars. That's for the PCB. If you wanted the PCB with instrument, okay, whatever that means, those they were asking twelve hundred bucks. Now, uh. I will say that these these seemed plentiful. So I'm guessing that there's a guy in Japan that has a warehouse full of these things that's unloading them. <laughs> if you're interested in checking out uh, this particular game, you can give it a whirl. Believe it or not, I found some critical reviews of this thing, Brent. Uh, well, yeah, because it's out in modern consoles now. Yeah, I did. And these are modern reviews. Uh, Nintendo Life, which is a Switch magazine, gives this game an 80%. Uh, I love this one. Video Chums. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great name. They also are a Nintendo Switch magazine. They give this 6.4 out of 10. And Switch Player gives it 2.5 out of out of 5, 50%. Uh, it's, that's a little low. I think and, this is... I think this is a game that uh, you should at least pick up and play if you like or don't like Arkanoid-style games because yeah. it's different enough that it might turn a corner for you. Um, I, w- would I buy the arcade port of this? No. Come I, on. I think I think if you have a, a, a Switch, all right, that you could turn sideways, you know, Tate or on mode. Steam. Yeah, or yeah, or but I mean, a switch I think would be a, a if you're going to play it. I think the switch would probably be the way to go. Probably use that little analog controller, turn that, put that sucker tate mode or whatever. Go to work. Might be not. That's probably the way I do her. But uh, yeah, it's available on Steam. So check her out. That was uh, uh, Gun Barrage, uh, uh, an interesting game. Uh, the concept of putting pinball flippers uh, in place of the of the uh, usual block at the bottom was different. I I would have done a little bit more with it, but that's just me. I would like to have seen some pinball type levels stuck in it, but I guess that's also probably cultural. But still, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, so there you go, Gun and Barrage. Now, with all that said, Brent, you uh, had to choose from another one of these fine uh, games. Which one did you come up with this week? Well, you know, when when we are looking at a board that has some incredibly awesome shooters. We of course both avoided picking a shooter. Well, my sort fit- of shootery. Oh uh, no! There's shooting in it. There's tons of shooting. No, 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 no. Uh, I picked Load Runner: The Dig Fight. The Dig Fight. I dig it. Now, Load Runner. Holy cow! What a history. Aaron, do oh, you yeah. know the first, the very first game that Load Runner was? sort of made for i believe was it on the apple it was on the apple that yeah. was the official release yeah, i remember but, and it was this would have been like gosh uh 79 80 something like that oh no no not that far back Is 83 it, okay i was close uh but the the guy i'm gonna tell you a little story about load runner because i found this interesting okay go ahead story so, time with the brand <clears throat> there in, in the late 80s uh or the late 70s, early 80s, there was a guy named James Bratz... Bratz... And so... That name stinks. Uh, And he was out the arcade and played a little game called Space Panic. And, of course, everyone knows that Load Runner was kind of mirrored off of Space Panic. But he went and told his friend about Space Panic he the guy didn't play it. He was just hearing the description of it. And he said, you know what? That sounds awesome. I'm going to make a cool game based on this. And he got to work on his Commodore Pet and created a game called Suicide. And it was, it was just using text-based graphics. It's a bad name. And the dude had 
very, very limited programming knowledge. He so much so that he couldn't even make like pre-designed levels. He made a, a loose editor that you could kind of put a board together and then play it. And then if you turned it off, that was it. So the level editor for Load Runner was designed and implemented before actual levels were. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So this guy, he goes uh, to school in the at the University of Washington in 81. And he met a few other students. And he said, hey, you know, uh, look at this game I've got. And this was when Donkey Kong was just hitting the scene. And, and everyone was impressed by that. And they they were like, oh, you know what? Let's let's work on this a little bit. And they changed it from suicide to Kong. And it wasn't a Donkey Kong game. It was it was still working off that load runner uh, concept. So they they worked on that and they played with it a little bit just on their off hours. <clears throat> and then uh, in 1982, one of the guys that was working harder with all this named Smith uh, recreated the game in assembly language and put it on the Apple II and called it minor. So another name change. And he worked with it and played with it. And he said, you know what? This is kind of good. I'm going to go and, and put this out there to a publisher and see what they say. And their direct response was, thank you for submitting your game concept. Unfortunately, it does not fit within our product line. So he got the big rejection letter. And he's like, you know what? No, this is good. Th I have something here. And and that was from Proterburn, who eventually did publish the game. But he said, I've got something here. I'm going to go back. I'm going to tighten up a few things. I'm going to tighten up the graphics. And I'm going to represent this. And he re presented it to four publishers. And every single publisher wanted to buy the game. So with just a few tweaks and a little bit of time, uh, it became the must-have game for some of these publishers. I mean, everyone he submitted it to wanted it. So it eventually released for the Apple II and the Atari and the VIC-20 and the Commodore 64 and the uh, IBM PC and literally everything else. Uh, I, had <laughs> yeah. no, I had no idea that Load Runner... I knew Load Runner was an old game, right? And I knew it was released on a lot of uh, systems. But holy cow, there's like 30 Loadrunner games. It spans multiple publishers. It spans multiple developers, uh, multiple consoles and computers, multiple time ranges. You're talking this started in 83 was the release of the first game. And there is a planned game coming out this year in 2022 so it is i remember we talked last week how games have to evolve to stay relevant load runner didn't evolve yes it took dabbled in isometric views and it dabbled in 3d but ultimately it always came back for the to the same core concept of a man running around levels digging holes collecting gold or items and running up and down ladders and climbing ropes. So the arcade release on this is kind of crazy because the the initial arcade release was in 1984. Mm. Uh, <coughs> and this, of course, is not the one we're looking at. But it also released in 85, 86. And then all of a sudden comes out in 2000, Load Runner, The Dig Fight. Uh, which is really crazy because the game's been sitting on the shelf for 15 years why bring it back now i don't know <laughs> yeah. i tried <laughs> i tried good. to find I out why, too. yeah i tried to find out why they just decided to rebirth the property now there of course were money several well, maybe there were several home games in between this time on a bunch of different systems but this was his first return to the arcade the gimmick in this load runner is you can play two-player, and you can play either cooperative or you can play competitive. And unfortunately, it's not as easy as just choosing one from the menu. It's actually a dip switch inside the board of the game. Oh, geez. Uh, so, you know, if, if your arcade was set up to be uh, 
competitive and you want to play cooperative, well, tough. You can't. It's just, you know, not something you can do. The game follows the tried and true formula. Uh, you have two, an eight-way joystick for movement. You have two buttons, dig to the left, dig to the right. Uh, this is a version where you can fill in the holes that you've dug. So if you hit the button over an empty hole, it will fill in the hole instead of uh, making a hole. You're collecting gold. The stages are all static. <coughs> Some of these games have scrolling stages. Uh, that's not this one. It's a static stage. Collect all the gold. Get on the ladder. Leave. You're done. Incredibly uh, easy concept. And I did not realize, Aaron, and, and you might have realized this, yeah. how popular these games have been over time as uh, uh, platform puzzlers. It oh, I, is yeah. something. It's something that, yeah, I mean, yes, it's a platform puzzler. There's no doubt about that. But when I'm thinking about platform puzzlers, this game never comes to my mind, and I don't know why because it's base. It's the heart of it. I would even. Th- call the uh oh boulder dash the one where you're pushing the boulders around yeah i see more of that as a platform puzzler than i do this and i don't know why because this clearly is a platform puzzler so uh the arcade has multiple difficulty levels uh from beginner all the way i think that the the upper end is like super expert and depending on what level you pick is how many stages you get to go through before the game just ends. Uh, For example, the beginner uh, stages, you get six stages to go through. And the uh, super expert, I believe, is 12. Um, I'm not good enough to do super expert, so I really stayed in the beginner intermediate area. This game doesn't have a life system, which is kind of unique for these type of games. Instead, you have a set amount of time to play the game. And you can either collect time power-ups, which will add to your time counter, gives you, I think, an additional 30 seconds, or every time you complete the stage, you can it gives you some more time. If you die, it does subtract some time from your overall stance, but it's uh, pretty fair about it. It usually only takes you down... 30 to 45 seconds, and you start with like five minutes. So you never, you feel like you can experiment and not be too horribly punished. Of course, if you hit start, it will restart the level if you've dug yourself into a hole and can't die or whatever. Uh, It has enemies, just like pretty much all the other Load Runner games. Sometimes the enemies are used to fight, uh, you know, get in your way. Other times they're used as. Uh, a, a way of completing a goal. Uh, sometimes you need the enemy to walk across their head or to get a piece of gold that you can't reach on your own. So the puzzle concepts on this go pretty deep. Uh, of course, then you've also got all the logical dig puzzles where you have to dig in a certain pattern to to get the item that you're trying to get. I typically do not like these type of games. Uh, I, I guess Load Runner is above my mental capacity or just not a good fit for my mental capacity. However, I did find that the beginning levels of this were easy enough for me to complete. I got all the way through the beginning levels, no problem. The intermediate ones, I got most of the way through, and then super expert and stuff, give me a break, didn't have a prayer. Aaron, what is your history with Load Runner games, and how do you think this one stacked up uh, versus all the rest. Well, you mentioned Space Panic. Uh, I was around when that was out. Like I was saying earlier on the chat, I actually played that uh, clone of that on the Coco before I before I even heard of Load Runner. You know, I've, honestly, I've never liked Load Runner uh, because I thought it was just really hard. Uh, it's funny. This is the second time Load Runner has made an appearance on this show. You probably didn't know that. I picked Load Runner. Uh, a hyper load runner for the Game Boy in uh, way back in Volume Seven with Boat, where we recovered the Game Boy. Yeah. So I knew th- I, I knew from that episode that Load Runner is one of these games that was big in Japan, like it was huge in Japan. There's some of these puzzle games 
that just got over. And this is one. I mean, this was huge in Japan. So I'm not that surprised that someone licensed it to make a new version because it's, they've made plenty of versions of it over there. Uh, by the way, Hyper Load Runner never played that. I, I'll, I'll just say <laughs> it was. I mean, it was ruthlessly hard, and it, the Game Boy just did, it didn't do a very good job on that one. So, <clears throat> with all that said, I had almost a Brent-like experience with this Load Runner. I never have liked Load Runner, and I've had access to multiple versions of it. But this actually was the first one I've played that I really enjoyed. I don't know why. Maybe they've got the, the... I also played... You know, mine was in Japanese. And so I didn't get to tinker around with the settings or anything. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Was so, so I had to kind of guess. So I think I started in, ba- in the basic levels and stuff. And it, But this game, actually, you've got a chance right out of the gate. You're not instantly yeah. murdered. <laughs> uh, and the fact that they got rid of the live system and used the timer, I actually like. Yeah, and What do they too. do is they hold the extra time out there like a carrot. You don't have to get it, but if you want it, it's there. And it so that actually adds an element to the game that you wouldn't normally find in one of these games. Uh, I like the enemies; they look they're they're uh, they're you know they'll come at you, but you could sort of trick them. But they're not idiots, which I like that. Yeah. I like the way it felt. It played at a good at a speed that I enjoyed. It wasn't super fast. The board layout, uh, you know, one of the things I always have a problem with Loader is just the controls. And, and and the layout of the board stuff. And for whatever reason, maybe just because this was an arcade game, not a computer, the, the board layout worked for me. I had it felt like I better I had a better handle on my guy. Like I, I could plan ahead. I could see the board uh, you know, in a, in a and scope out how I wanted to play stuff. I like the fact that your goal is that is there. I mean, I know this sounds like, oh, that's the way it is in all of them, but for whatever reason, I clicked better with this one than I have on the previous ones. Um, again, it is an interesting, um, it's interesting that this would be released from the Gunbird people, you know, yep. as, you know, that it is, a, that's sort of an anomaly. Well, on that board, yeah. Well, no, just in general, because, I mean, if you look at their library of games, uh, and I believe this is the only Loadrunner they did, it just, se- it just seems kind of goofy, uh, but I like it. You know, I like the, uh, uh, the speed that your guy fires, there's a, there's more room for error in this than there are in the other ones, which I like. The timer thing is actually, I mean, listen, if you said, listen, you've got a set amount of time in this game, I'd usually that'd piss me off. But in this game, I actually prefer that because what they did with it, to me, made the game more playable. Because yeah, you could, I agree. You could screw up and still keep on trucking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I appreciated that. When you picked Load Runner, I thought to myself, "What a geek!" Uh, he had all these shooters to choose from, and he chose Load Runner. Uh, but I can tell you, and I wanted to mention this earlier, so I'll get into it now. Uh, I tried many of the shooters, the Strike uh, Strikers, nineteen forty-five, the Gunbird mm-hmm. Three. They were so hard, and yeah. I could get—I couldn't get anywhere. I mean, I, I'm just—I'm yes, you may mock me now. I could not get anywhere, and which is why I didn't choose one of the of the, uh, of the uh, shooting games. And when you picked this, you actually did me a favor because I actually I had a good time playing this, and I had a decent chance of getting somewhere, which yeah. was fun. I mean, you could play this as unlike, say, a gun bird. You could sit down and play this for five minutes on a quarter, maybe. You know, and if you're oh, really yeah. good, you can play longer. You know, absolutely. So, because if you think about the concept of of this sort of game in the arcade, this could and the they had to do something because you could go out there and get killed instantly. You know, in the with the old version. So, putting in the uh, timer, and by the way, the timer's fair. Like it, it that's something yeah. else. And I don't think it screwed you. You know, I think it's the timer was a fair timer that lets you. You know, it doesn't give you practically no time, and and then laugh when you put in more money. It get a fair amount of game time. So and when you when an enemy hits you, it doesn't kill you or end your your round. Right, it just, just stuns you. Yeah, the yeah. only way to die, quote unquote, is to hit the reset button or dig yourself into a hole and the right. hole fills up. Right, and I will say that the guys do all the stuff you would expect. They fall, yeah. They grab the gold and they'll move it around and do that kind of crap. They 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 hunt in packs if you get far enough in. So you've got to. They're they're. I mean. 
they're kind of dumb. They remind me sort of like the monsters in, in Pac-Man. Like, they're not total idiots, but they're not, like, uh, relentless killing machines. There's someone yeah, in the you're middle. never going to get in a situation where you're like, man, I, I, I don't know how to get past this guy. Yeah. You can always manipulate them. And the levels are, I mean, they're cunningly designed because they have to be because it's load runner. You can't go out there and hack together some levels. But I think they did, They they're uh, to me, the levels I tried, I, I think I would have tried, I couldn't tell it was a Japanese, but I assume I tried the basic as well. Uh, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. And so, surprisingly, I'm going to give this the high sign. And you trust me, no one's more surprised than me because this is—I'm not a fan of these games, but I really, really enjoyed this one. Maybe it was because I played so many of those incredibly difficult shooters that I was feeling utterly inadequate as a game player. <laughs> you know, so at least I feel like, well, maybe I'm just a smart game player, not necessarily the the twitchy type. So yeah, now, I liked it. Something I I would be amiss if I did not mention. The sound design for this game is atrociously bad. The well, I mean, music, it, I'd say, I'd say it's middling. How about that? It's, the, not as, the, it's not as good as my game. No, no. the 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 sound, the music, the sound design, which really I feel Loadrunner needs a powerful driving soundtrack. This is not. It's incredibly repetitive. Yeah, you know, we didn't get to try the two. I didn't get to try the two player version at all. That sounds like an, an added benefit that we haven't even touched. Got the Eroy brooch. That'd be pretty cool, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think uh, cooperative on this could be fun. I think competitive on this would just be kind of annoying. It would make you but, hurt the guy next to you. Is what it would do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was uh, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, like like we both said, these aren't typically our games, but this is a a uh, version of the game that I could see myself playing and not wanting to jump off a cliff. So I, I certainly would say I, not a strong endorsement there. But. <laughs> I would certainly say if you are a Loadrunner fan, this is a must play. Oh and yeah. This version oh, yeah. was only available uh, in arcades in Japan. Yeah. This never <laughs> got released in the States. So it, it is something that you are going to have to uh, emulate or, Pay 750 big ones to download or to download Whoa. to purchase the the PCB. Uh, now this should fit and work in any JAMA cabinet. Yeah. So if you're a huge Load Runner fan, that is an option. Uh, this would be I fun to have an arcade. It's like something different, you know, to have in there. A two yeah. player Load Runner. That I mean, listen, I'm I'm talking myself into it here. It's not the worst idea. <laughs> uh, and something else to mention. Um, the, uh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say now. The, uh, uh, versions of this, yeah. sorry, I was said before that they seem to update a lot of their games. Yeah. There is a version A and I a was version about B that. Yeah. of this game. Okay. Yeah. Version A is an incomplete game. Uh, it, from an arcade owner's perspective. The dip, the uh, menus that you usually use to set up an arcade game uh, are woefully inadequate, and that is one of the reasons why they put out a version B. However, to the boon of the player, version B has different boards. So if you want the full Load Runner experience, you have to get both boards to get all of the levels. I didn't see version A even available at my mystery sites to get. They were all had version B. Well, I, I think that is because they like I said, they they screwed up, basically. Yeah. But it does have it's reported to have, because I played version B as well, but it's reported to have different levels than version A. Yeah. So there you go. I will say the funny thing about this is here's Load Runner, an American property. And it never, this game never made it to the States, but Gun Barge, which is the game I played, did have a state release, and you could you get it in English. It's funny that they, uh, how it worked, but I guess at this point, they didn't figure anyone in the States wanted to play this game because it was well known as a computer game. Well, I, again, Aaron, this year, new Load Runner coming out. So, yeah, there you go. Something to think about. And what'd you say this was going for? 795 bucks? 750 is where Holy I saw smokes, it. Holy smokes, man. We're, I'm glad we're out of the arcade business. <laughs> so as we as we run this down here, the Brent, uh, what were your you know looking over the list of of the games 
that were available on the Psycho SH2. Uh, what do you think? I mean, is this is this a winner? Should you go out and pick some of these up? Uh, I, you know, this is not going to earn top billing for my arcade board list. But that said, uh, the games I did play for it, and I played probably half a dozen uh, before really focusing on the two that we picked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. The, it it has the best version of Arkanoid I've ever played. So you know, even though it's not Arkanoid, hey, it's got the best load runner I ever played that? in the arcade too. So yeah, we <laughs> rigidly endorse the Psycho. Avoid all shooting. Just <laughs> play the other games, Brent. Let's hope we have a more mainstream selection this week as we spin the wheel. Here we oh. go. Now, so this week, Brent, we've added as our retro rewind piece the venerable Vic Twenty. We love the Vic yes. Twenty. And as our new play piece, uh, we've selected the Apple 2GS, a selection from the Buckster, Buck Owens. Buck Owens, Brent. Now, something that needs to be mentioned as you prepare the wheel for spinning, uh, this will not be next week's show. Uh, This show will actually, for this spin, will actually take place February 4th, 2022. Next week, a Uh, special show. Next week will be our special 200th anniversary show, so be sure to tune in for that. Very good. Any thoughts? Any, do you have a preference on this one, Brent? Uh, I'm still sh- hoot, uh, rooting. Rooting, hooting, shooting. Pow, pow, pow. Uh, Burger Why do I even game. ask you dumb things? Here we go. Let's, <laughs> oh, let's get this. There we go. There we go. There we go. Now we're ready. Here we go, everybody. Uh, place your bets now. Round and round. That was a goes. horrible spin. Take Dreadful. Off. And the winner is Sega Master System Brazil exclusives. Holy smokes. Pajaco, what have you done cool. to us? Absolutely cool. The Sega I've actually Master been looking System. forward to this one. You didn't know this was on there. Yes, I absolutely did. Yeah. The Sega Master System Brazil exclusives. You know, the Sega Master System was the King Dong of Brazil. It was Still like the is, Blanca baby. down there, <laughs> and it was around forever. And this will be interesting. I don't think I've yeah. seen this, uh, these get a whole lot of coverage. Uh, so this will be a lot of fun. Nice, nice selection, Pachaco. By the way, we're always accepting new pie piece entries. We get some occasionally. I got uh, Folds sent me one, and on a few other people. So please uh, submit your pie piece ideas or just general commentary or comments on the show to ARG presents at mail.com. The most generic uh, web page you can think of. Hey, uh, a little bit of house cleaning before we take this thing uh, down. Uh, I hope uh, everyone can join me, amigo Aaron, this upcoming Friday uh, for a specific date. We're looking at the 21st of January, 2022, it will be the once a month now conversations from the dark side, Brent. Oh, a little bit outside our norm. This uh, week's topic will be bam UFO encounters. Have you seen a UFO? I bet you have. You never know, right? Uh, so join us, uh, myself and Rob Flacco Hera, uh, my partner in crime, as we take a look at UFO encounters and conversations from the dark side. Now, two weeks coming up. On the 29th of January, 2022, Brent, it will go down. These don't happen like the Olympics. These are a rare occurrence. We will gather the International Computer Club, and it will be in session. So far, we've got six big presenters, Brent. Six, brother. Oh, very nice. And they're going to be laying down the tech, uh, old school. Uh, If you are interested in presenting something, there's still time. Head over to the International Computer Club Discord area, and there's a document right there. You can sign right up. Sign up sheet, Brent, and you're good to go. Um, have I missed anything? Of course, we talked about next week's special show, which will be a lot of fun, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to that one. Yeah, so and be next week. And then two weeks from today, we will be looking at Brazil exclusives. Yep, I, that'll be fun. That'll be good. So let's take it to the house, the Brent. Thanks, everybody, uh, for hanging out with us. We appreciate you guys, all you guys uh, in the chat, all of our Twitch uh, followers, all of our Patreons, all of our good buddies. Thanks a lot, everybody. 
Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. Sayonara. Thanks for joining us today. Special thanks to Duncan Styles for our vector style graphic and Bart Pitt for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Mario Ramey, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalgy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, Orom, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Graham, W. Vetke, Dave Velociraptor, Bernhard Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warrens, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Slonorist, John Schaller, The On Collective, Gary Heather, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rollo. You can join us live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT, on Twitch. Hope to see you there.